This is a HeadGum Original. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Far to the east, over ranges and rivers, lies a single solitary peak. The dwarves are determined to reclaim their homeland. I like visitors as much as the next hobbit. But I do like to know them before they come. Visiting. Mr. Baggins? At your service. Hmm? <laughs> I'm surrounded by dwarves. What are they doing here? Oh, they're quite a merry gathering. <laughs> so, this is the hobbit. You asked me to find the 14th member of this company, and I have chosen Mr. Baggins. Me? No, 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 no. Hobbits can pass unseen by most if they choose, which gives us a distinct advantage. We will seize this chance to take back Erebor. Yeah. Here, Mr. Bilbo, where are you off to? I'm going on an adventure. Mithrandir, why the halfling? Why Bilbo Baggins? Perhaps it is because I'm afraid. And it gives me courage. So this is your purpose, to enter the mountain? What of it? There are some who would not deem it wise. A dark part has found a way back into the world. Why don't we have a game of riddles? And if it loses, what then? If it loses, precious, then we eat it. If Baggins loses, we eat it whole. Fair enough. I will take each and every one of these dwarves over the mightiest army. Loyalty. Honor. A willing heart. I can ask no more than that. Home is now behind you. The world is ahead. newcomers and we've made it only to the fifth episode <laughs> i'm lauren lapkus i'm sad i'm nicole byer and we, we've never 
first seen Lord of the Rings, which is becoming less and less true as we go on. This is the yes. fifth episode of our new season. We are working our way through the Lord of the Rings franchise uh, mm-hmm. for the first time with the help of nerds, super fans, sometimes even people who've contributed to the movies. And we started with the Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out around uh, throughout the 2000s. But now we're watching all of the Hobbit movies and we're going to be revisiting fan fiction, checking out the spinoffs, animated versions and more and more. Yeah, And if you want to follow along or you just don't like life you can watch The Hobbit, <laughs> An Unexpected Journey. You can rent it on Amazon Prime for $2.99 or stream it on HBO Max and or Hulu. This is the, the first of three movies. Oh, my God. And so now we're starting. Yeah, we're starting the, the trilogy. And I'm today so we are discussing the first installment um, of Peter Jackson's trilogy. And we're giving. OK, so. Nicole, you clearly hated this, right? I mean, just right off the bat. Yes, this was really horrific. It was just a lot. I have a, I have like a, a hot take for you. What is that hot take? I liked this. I think. <gasps> Whoa, oh! This is wild, Lauren. Whoa. I Wait, let's just introduce our guest because okay, we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. talk about how and why you liked it. So yeah. today we're joined by John Braylock. John is an actor, a comedian, a writer, a producer, He's been in Broad City, Astronomy Club, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, How to Be Single. He co-hosts a podcast, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Welcome, John! Hey, oh my God, thank hi, Thank you. Wow. Wait, Lauren, the fuck? Yeah, okay, so- you blew me away. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That's, I can't, I truly can't believe it. I like this movie as well, but I, I don't believe that you like it. Yeah, yeah. See, that's <laughs> even interesting that you like it, and yet it's still weird to hear me say I like it. I... I liked it. And I think, I mean, I'm putting that, of course, in the context of hating the other ones pretty yes. much, except for like five minutes here and there. I I actually thought this one was like really kind of fun. And I thought mm-hmm. it was cute. And I liked that it was kind of funny. And I thought that it had like a sort of fairy tale energy that I could really follow. And I was like really clear on what was happening the whole time. I thought the fight sequence was like um, actually pretty fun and like unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I truly, I watched it in two installments. I watched it last night and today and I, which, so I didn't love it enough that I was like, let's keep going last night. It wasn't like it was that <laughs> fun, but when I had to put it on again today, I was like, all right. Like I wasn't pissed. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> I was full blown. So upset to have to continue the movie. <laughs> This this afternoon, yeah. I started it last night. My fault. Late. Uh, yeah. I started at about eleven, and then by one, I was like, "I must go to sleep. I am sleepy." Yeah, the <laughs> runtime's two hours and forty eight minutes. I mean, it's we're not long. joking around. These people. It, it, it's kind of criminal. Like, <laughs> I mean, let's be like, let's just be real about it up front. This, so I don't know if you you guys probably know this right, but The Hobbit is based off a children's book. It was written first. Tell us it, everything. We don't yeah, know. I didn't know it was a children's <laughs> book. Okay, so this is the thing about the this is the thing that makes it so weird is that The Hobbit, yes, it was a it was 100% a children's book in the same realm as like C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, right? Like okay. it's, it's made for children. It, it like that was the target audience when it was written, <laughs> you know, and then Tolkien he decided to or I guess was always going to perhaps maybe make like in an adult version of the universe, like mm-hmm. the Middle Earth universe. And he did that with Lord of the Rings. But those books came out 
I think they were published something like, you know, 15, if not 20 years after The Hobbit. And then he rewrote The Hobbit to match up and like link up more directly with Lord of the Rings. So there's like new stuff in the in the in the book that wasn't in like the first version that none of us would have read because it came out in like 1937. That's so wild that these people are like, all right, I wrote it. Guess what? You bought it. It's not done. Uh, Here's (laughs) the, the remix. It's like it's crazy because Star Wars, he keeps or kept tinkering with it. And you got these like other scenes that people didn't like. And then it's wild that he wrote the Hobbit for children. And it was like, the adults need it too. All right, here's a new Hobbit. (laughs) Why do you think they made the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy first? Like, was that just more beloved? Well, it's just a much more substantial book uh, or series of books. Like it is for, it is both for adults and children, right? Like, or at least families and, it's it's much more rich. Like it's, I think it's better. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to call one or the other better just because they're they're for two different audiences. It's like it's like comparing. So I like the kid one. Yeah, you like the kid one. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I initially was like, I was like, oh, though maybe they'll like the Hobbit because it is. I know you guys like we're stupid. Return of the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're uh, two dummies. <laughs> I like. I know you like the kid elements to uh-huh. some yeah, of the Star yeah, Wars do, films. Do. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is more kid." But the but when I re when I rewatched it, I was like, "I I always knew that it was too long." But I was like, "My God, sitting! It's so hard to watch these movies <laughs> yeah. by yourself on a television. <laughs> it, like these really are movies that are meant for you know movie theaters. Because if you if you're not watching it in a movie theater." I don't know. You're it's 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 a lot to get through. It is. It is so much. It's like a yeah. lot of information. Yeah, I feel like also we have to keep in mind that we are watching all of these movies within like four days. Yes. <laughs> like sure. every week we put on like a new three hour um epic <laughs> movie that is beyond comprehension. Um so John, how did you become a Lord of the Rings fan? I, I so I saw the movies first and um it was something that my family like we went to because they came out I believe like one year after another right and they were always coming out during like Did Christmas they? time I feel like they came out like one two three in a row like uh, yeah. 2002 three four something around like that uh and so it was something that my family and I would watch we would go to the movies we have like 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 what a part of our Christmas tradition was to go and see a movie like on Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and we would watch them together. And then after watching the first one, my dad like bought the book. Uh, I also grew up like pretty Christian, so I knew about like I'd known about Chronicles of Narnia and was a fan of those. Was a fan of those books, and uh, they had like made for TV movies. This was before they started yes. making. The the other ones, those chronicles of where they would be like, yeah, weird PBS. Yes, yeah, yes. I think I re- I remember watching those. Yeah, I never knew those were religious until I was an adult. Like I never Wait, got what? that. I didn't know that they're religious until right now. Yeah, yeah, like C.S. Lewis is really re- was really religious. Like yeah. his, so, it was kind of like written into everything. But like, but they were really fantastical as well. Yes. so it was just. Yeah seemed imaginary it's easy to miss the allegories and i mean it's more it's you know and it's it wasn't 
it, the idea was to kind of, you know, transfer the the more like the 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 ideas of like courage and love and you know like small like the Lord of the Rings is similar in this uh, you know aspect of like you have the hobbits which are very kind of small on you know not unseemly what was I gonna say like you don't notice them creatures. earnest subtle <laughs> subtle, subtle yeah. uh, um and, and they are they wind up being the heroes of you know the stories both in mm-hmm. the Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings. I just, okay, so they sped up the frame rate, so it felt jarring, and I was like, oh, everything seems too sharp, and it was so right. it seemed more lifelike. And I was like, I don't oh. need a movie to seem more, I know it's a movie. I didn't know they did that. What does that mean? Yeah, so it was recorded in, uh, like, 48 frames per second. Movies are typically, like, 24 frames per se- second, so it's, like, double the speed. Yeah. Um. It's kind of I to what I equate it to is you know when you if you go to like uh, an electronic store and there's like televisions on display they have this like kind of smoothing technology so sometimes you're looking at it and you're like why does it look weird yeah like, it, it's similar to that but it was it was the first time a film The Hobbit was the first time a film had ever been recorded uh, in like a 48 oh frame, oh frame that's rate. the first movie to do uh, see I don't like I didn't like it it felt like too real but then also it was mixed with cartoony shit so like when they're flying in the sky right. on these like eagles or whatever i was like oh you people look super real this eagle doesn't yeah i mean see okay i with all the star wars movies i always preferred the practical effects and i felt like the cgi stuff was like too much especially because they were like doing a lot of stuff for the first time too and it just seemed like mm-hmm. it was so video game looking but with this, I thought it was kind of cute. I don't know why my whole opinion was so different about this, but <laughs> I didn't mind the Eagles. I was like, get them. And then I was like, yeah, guess who back around? Like, I just was like having right. fun. I mean, maybe I was in the right mood for this, but it worked. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I was in a bad mood for this because it started out with all this talking that I was like, I don't fucking care. I did complain about that. I was just like, give me the people I know. But then I forgot, like, just right. like. With the Star Wars movies, you're like, who's that? And you'll find out later. <laughs> so, it, yes. And to be fair, Nicole, this is everyone, any, even people who like these movies will admit that they are way too long. Mm-hmm. That this book, so the hot, again, not only was The Hobbit a children's book, but it was shorter in length than any <laughs> one chapter, <laughs> than any one chapter of the three Lord of the Rings movies. What? Meaning they, yes. It, they, so they took a book that was shorter than any three Lord of the Rings books themselves and then split that shorter book into three movies, which is insane. And they're all <laughs> and three clearly hours? clearly a money grab. Yeah. And they're all, and yeah. And not only are they, not only... Are they three movies? But the movies themselves are three hours long. So there's so much stuff in here that is not in the book at all whatsoever. It's all embellished. And the reality is mm-hmm. because the book, because this is one story split split into three movies, it suffers the same fate as any any of those books that like any like the the Mocking Jay that's split into two or you know, any movie mm-hmm. that's like part one and part two, and then you watch it, you're like, this wasn't a full story. So like. It's like taking act one of any movie and then making that the whole movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's not until 40 minutes in when they actually leave. Like, mm. that's like, that's mm. like page like 10. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 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 that's 
That's insane. Well, wait, listen to this like fact. So Peter Jackson admitted on the DVD featurette that much of the Hobbit movie was made up on the spot. Jackson said they would often be forced to shoot scenes without storyboards or even completed scripts with Jackson just making it up as I went along. Now that would piss me off. Yes. That's (laughs) truly so insane. I would be like, you brought me here and you don't have a game plan. And like, it's a expensive movie to not know what you're doing. Yeah. But they knew, they knew that so many Lord of the Rings fans would just come and watch this, which they did. It made a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. But they all hated it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like a love hate relationship. It's a similar with the prequels, you know, in the, in the sense that even though people don't like them, those movies still made a ton of money Mm -hmm. and people still kept watching them. You know, it's like, even though if they don't, yeah, you're so excited because you love the world. You love the Mm -hmm. universe. Yeah. There's no back walls to this, right? There's back wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You got the prequels. You got the the core three. And then you You got got the the quills. And then you you got the back back walls. walls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so there actually, there is a book that was released and it's not it's one of these things that was re- it re- it was released after Tolkien died, but so mm-hmm. it was released by his son. But it's called the Silmarillion, and that's like a backstory to like Middle Earth and like the world, oh. and explains like a lot about like they they keep calling this the Third Age, like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings take place in the Third Age, but uh-huh. uh, there was like this book talks about what the First Age was and what the Second oh. Age was. And- Were there black people in those ages? You know, it, there mm-hmm. should be black people in all these movies, and there yeah. are. <laughs> and it's I think about that all the time. They're the whitest movies ever. They don't need to be white. They there's no reason for that. It's fake. There's, it's, it's all fake. There's, there's thirteen dwarves. There's men, and they and they yes. make all of them white. It's like it, it was like you had. You could at least even Ocean's Thirteen put one black guy in. You know You're what going I mean? Out of like, your way at that point. It's like there's so many different types of people, like the trolls, the yeah. hobbits, the dwarves, the elves. The, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh Lord. Um. I do now. Do you feel like you could tell that he was making it up? I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I think I would say that about any of them, honestly, because they're yeah. so meandering. But oh, I funny. mean, I guess I didn't. Well, there was some stuff that I was like, wait, the fuck, like that man who had a bird's nest for hair and then was giving <laughs> life to these dead rodents. I was like, who are you? And then he like, wasn't really that important. Yeah. That was so weird. He's not in the book. So he's, he's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a, a wizard that's talked about, or I think is like briefly mentioned, but you never Wait, see. He's a wizard. I forgot oh, yeah. that whole scene. He literally got hedgehogs that were like one of them was dying yes. and he was like blowing on it yes. and like putting like little like smelling salts by it. And he was like, nothing's working. Yes. And then the other hedgehogs were like, wait, our friend. And he's like, get away from her. And then he gives her like that blue juice and then like breathes yeah. life back into it. And there was no point. There was no point to that. That's so no. funny. That was completely made up. But I, but Lauren, did you like, I, I feel like Lauren liked that part. Because I that did was, like that part. It was cute. Yeah, was like, I was like, that was cute. <laughs> I did like that part. It was like, what's happening here? Like, oh, this little guy, he needs help. And like, it was just so dramatic and it felt like really silly. And then, and like, and like the way he was like trying to put stuff by its mouth was funny to me. Yeah. I uh, liked him. The The character's name is uh, Radagast. I, I, I blanked on the name for a second. But yeah, that's Radagast. He's mentioned... There's like five wizards 
you know, uh, but he's just mentioned as like my cousin in X Woods. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, let's see this guy. What, what would he be like? And what would he do in the woods? You know, and watching him save a little hedgehog with like from who knows what, like from some evil magic, I guess, uh, was very cute. Wasn't he saving him from the necromander? Necromancer. Oh, that was scary, that thing, which we never <laughs> yeah. saw again. I thought that was going to play a bigger role. Me too. There was a lot of things where I was like, we're getting little dips. Yeah. Remember, it's a very short book stretched out into <laughs> three movies. I have to say, I also might have a soft spot for it because I was in this play when I was a kid. And it was oh, like yes. my, one of my first chill, like plays I ever did. It was like a children's theater in my town. Low stakes. But I was very excited. And my character was um, one of the troll. I don't know if it's considered a troll in this movie. But I was a troll. And it's when they're those really three like disgusting naked things that are eating, mm -hmm. trying to eat them on the spit. Oh, when they turn to stone. Um, did yeah. they turn to stone? Yeah, they turned to stone. They did. Yeah. They're trolls. I was one of those. Oh. Yeah. Wait, um, I so was so was confused fun. about them turning to stone because I was like, all mm -hmm. right, they're chilling. They're terrorizing. And then all of a sudden, Gandhi splits the rock and then there's the sun and I was like are they like right. allergic to the sun also if the sun was shining the whole time why weren't they stoned the whole time yeah I so it, it's it's one of these things of like the trolls uh if they are exposed to sunlight will turn to stone um uh, in the book Gandalf confuses them by uh imitating their voices and oh. ha gets them to keep arguing with each other. And then as they're arguing, they don't realize that the sun is coming up. And so then they turn to stone in, in the movie. I think, I guess oh, in the movie, yeah. that would be much more, it, it's a little harder to mm -hmm. do. And it's, it just looked cooler for Gandalf to once again, be like, you shall not pat. But he didn't say mm -hmm. that, but you know, it's a similar <laughs> action. Didn't you feel like Gandalf was sillier in this one? He was too silly. Very and I was like, wait, the fuck? This is not who you are later. Also, he looked older, which bothered me. I know it shouldn't have. Right. And I was told very That's rudely sad. by the people who live with me. Well, it was 12 years later, Nicole. Of course he looks older. And I was like, but in the world, he's younger. So why didn't a younger actor play him? It does make it more confusing because I felt I thought these movies came out first I, I was very confused about the timeline of everything. And right. then, yeah, he looks older. It feels like we have the CGI maybe now to like just make him look younger. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't a thing probably. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, the actor was older. I mean, you couldn't recast that part though. Ian McKellen is just so great he as the Gandalf. Best. And he is sillier because the character is sillier in The Hobbit because The Hobbit's a children's children. <laughs> Yeah, because like, there know? was that part with like Kate Blanchett where he was like, she was like, you already knew. And he was like, like he was like, <laughs> making a weird face. They're like, Ugh. yes, I do. I, I kind of love Gandalf in this movie because he's so, he's so mischievous and like, he keeps kind of like disappearing and he's like fighting with, fighting with both like, you know, all the different trolls and, <laughs> and fighting with Bilbo at the same time. Like he, he's very, He's not uh, the kind of like all-knowing sage that he becomes in Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings. Yeah. Um, though they still try to have it that way too. It's a little confusing. It's yeah. hard. It's always hard when you retrofit something and the book was retrofitted mm -hmm. and then the movies came out after Lord of the Rings. So 
Well, that's also part of like with him making shit up, like while he's making it, Peter Jackson, like they're like, how does that happen when you already have this text that is like (laughs) written a book and a script? And then you're like, "Mm." like, how do you how do you get loose when like you need so much CGI and other things going on? Right. I think I've I feel like Peter Jackson just felt because he did such a great job with the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things about the Lord of the Rings movies, too, is like. There really weren't that many examples of of fantasy movies that were on such a huge budget that could like transform these like, you know, I guess Harry Potter was happening at at a similar time. But these movies did better and they were like more they were they were like critically acclaimed too. like they they Mm -hmm. won Oscars. You know, they were nominated for Oscars like almost every year. Um, I don't think Harry Potter ever ever got that. And because that probably more because it was children, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not fair. No, I, I it don't. It isn't yeah. fair. Not that I'm like a Harry Potter freak or something. I'm just like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, J.K. Rowling makes it hard to like Harry Potter. That's the thing. She's That's, really turning yeah. anyone who might have gotten into this. But yeah, it's kind of wild. I'm like, what is your deal? Just like have your money and be quiet. That's the yeah. thing. I'm like, you could have your horrible opinion to yourself in your yeah. mansion with everything anyone could ever want. Like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, we should take a quick break and we'll be right back with more about The Hobbit. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your savings, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, guess what? I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few tap, tap, taps. I love how my dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month's. So I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you, up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com newcomers. That's rocketmoney.com newcomers. Rocketmoney.com newcomers. If you are charmed by the Barbenheimer frenzy, love ranking the Mission Impossible films, or just an all-around movie fan, I have a podcast for you. New York Times critic Amy Nicholson and actor Paul Shear co-host the Unspooled podcast. Every Thursday, Paul and Amy unspool famous films to see if they are truly all-time classics. From the original 1984 Karate Kid to the most recent pictures like Dune, they cover it all. Be sure to listen to Unspooled wherever you get your podcasts. Oh boy. 
You know, when you get cornered by that aunt at a family gathering and you feel like you have to bend the truth. You know, the one that asks, when are you getting married? Did you get that promotion? Why haven't you moved out of the basement? Only for her to really just not listen to you and judge you and you got to grin and bear it with your family. You shouldn't feel that way when talking to a doctor about that rash that weirdly looks like your high school crush or that maybe you eat pizza one too many times a week or every day of the week. Enter ZocDoc, a place where you can find a book doctors who will make you feel comfortable and actually listen to you. And we're not talking about a few. We're talking about tens of thousands of doctors, all with verified patient reviews, so you can make sure that the vibes are vibing before you meet IRL. With ZocDoc, you got more options than you know. Treat yourself. We all know that things in life, uh, they got to be a compromise sometimes, you know. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors that will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises when it comes to ZocDoc. You've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and a website where you can search to compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you like, you can book them immediately. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. If I needed this product, that's what I would use. Go to ZocDoc.com slash newcomers and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash newcomers. ZocDoc.com slash newcomers. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back. Should we get into the plot? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So Hobbit Bill Blow Baggins, uh, <laughs> he, he begins writing down the full story of his adventure that took place 60 years prior with his nephew Frodo, uh, the dwarf king Thoro. He brought an era of prosperity to, for his people under the Lonely Mountain uh, until the arrival of the dragon Smarg. Smarg destroyed the town of Dale and drove the dwarves out of their mountain and stole their gold. Thorin, Thoro's grandson, sees King Thorandu and his wood elves. Wait, wood elves? I missed I don't that. know what a wood elf is. On a nearby hillside is upset. Oh, those little they, guys. Wait. The whole thing. The crew that was falling oh. off the tree at that point and everything, right? That's what a wood elf is? I think. Yes. Yeah. And they're upset when they look at them and leave instead of helping them. This leaves Thorin's lifelong hatred of elves. The the so the wood elves are the the wood elves are just elves f- for the purpose of this movie. It's the mm-hmm. it, it's it's just the elves. But in the book, The Hobbit, they were called wood elves. But they're they're oh. just elves that live in the woods. But they're the same, like, like Kate Blanchett and Brian yeah. Kenzie and whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I think in the be- I think in the 
in the beginning of this movie, uh, An Unexpected Journey, you see the quote unquote wood elves. One is like on this really big elk, you know, mm-hmm. um, yes. and he's like and he's like looking down and they're like, help us. The doors are like, help us. And then he looks down oh, and he just and then he's turns. Like, nah, see yeah. you later, guys. <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's supposed to kind of dramatize this rift between the dwarves and the elves because um, they felt betrayed. I see. Oh, okay. So then when they all come together later, it's like cool. Or right. Whatever, right. Mm-hmm. So right. in the Shire, Bilbo is tricked by Gandalf into hosting a party for Thorin and his crew of dwarves. Gandalf's goal is to recruit Bilbo to help him to help them enter the Lonely Mountain. Bilbo is not into it, but changes his mind when they leave without him the next day. As they travel, the gang ends up <laughs> captured by three trolls. That's me. Bilbo mm-hmm. stalls the trolls from eating them until dawn, and then Gandalf exposes them to sunlight. Oh, I do remember freezing in, in on stage like this mm-hmm. when I was dying. <laughs> Very fun. I wish I saw that. <laughs> I, I actually know who has the video, and I don't want to ask. I need you to. <laughs> like, it's I like, all oh, I ever amazing. want is to see you in The Hobbit. <laughs> As they travel, they, okay, they get captured by trolls. Uh, the sunlight causing the trolls to turn to stone. They find treasure and elven blades in the trolls' cave, which they take. I mean, okay. So right. the whole party at Bilbo's house, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a lot. And then there was a song. And I was like, is this a musical? And then the boys it, I live with were it, like, it is. I mean, kind <laughs> of. There's more songs later. Uh, I... I liked that whole, I liked the whole dinner party scene. I liked when they were throwing the plates. I thought oh, okay. it was very this fun. This Bilbo Baggins hates. <laughs> <laughs> and I sang a song in The Hobbit and it went a little something like this. <clears throat> mutton yesterday, mutton again today. That's all we got is mutton, mutton, mutton. Mutton. Yes. mutton yesterday, mutton all last week. Looks like it's mutton tomorrow, tomorrow, oh tomorrow. My God. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for That's it. That's incredible. We That's have so to get our fun. little fingies on that tape. It has to be the worst thing ever filmed, I'm sure. I ah, yeah, yeah, we gotta find it. Also, one of the dwarves looks like Jimmy Fowley. Yes, and I okay. didn't realize that's who he was posting about. Jimmy Fowley, who, if you're listening, you don't know, is a comedian who is like so fucking funny. So funny. He posts. He he does look like that one dwarf who wants <laughs> chips at one point, and he's like, "I don't eat green stuff. I, I don't eat greens." I yes. Know. Yeah. He has like full on like bowl cut bangs, but like a long haircut. Ori. Um, and okay, he. Yeah. Jimmy posted that picture like it was a selfie and then he did it every single day for like a month and people were getting so mad. And then now he has a relationship like online with that guy. He's like buddies with Wait, him on really? Instagram. That's yes. Incredible. That guy's supportive I of it. I bought the shirt that he was selling with that face on it and I wear it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it has new meaning now. It's so funny. And I had no idea it was from Lord of the Rings. We were watching it and I was like, Jimmy Fowley and John laughed really hard. It was like, no, that's the guy that Jimmy's been taught. I was like, oh my God. It's so good. I think I need this shirt now. Oh, it really made me giggle. Amazing. Okay. So the wizard uh, Rastafarian and the brown <laughs> finds Radig- Radigast. Is that how you say it? That's Ra- what I would yeah, say. Radigast. The Brown finds Gandalf in company and tells him about an encounter at Dol Gulder with a necromancer, a sorcerer, 
who's been corrupting Greenwood with dark magic. Chased by orcs, Gandhi and the company uh, through a hidden passage to Riverdale where uh, L. Ron Hubbard discloses a <laughs> hidden indication <laughs> of a secret door on the company's map of Lonely Mountain, which is only visible on Durin's day. Gandhi mm-hmm. later approaches with the White Council, consisting mm-hmm. of Elron, uh, Gal- Galadriel, and Samaron the White. Is that Count Dooku, Samaron the White? Yeah, Christopher Lee. Yeah, it's the yeah. same, same okay. actor. Yeah. So Count Dooku and presents. <laughs> and this the is when they were mul- getting along. Like they, yes. the, I was confused, and Mike explained this to me because it's since it takes place before. Yeah, they were. He friends. was his mentor, and then he turns on him and spins him around uh, in that fight. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that that was his mentor. But also, I was like, this feels fake. I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't because he has ulterior motives. Yeah. Well, you still don't even in even in this movie, you know, knowing what you know from Lord of the Rings, you're still like, is he our? Because he. In in that scene, he keeps defending, he, or mm-hmm. he keeps saying like, "No, there's no way that that's true." And mm-hmm. you're like, "Is he corrupted already?" You kind of don't know. Yeah. This is also not in the book at all, so oh. it's it's completely. Oh, this might have been like the improv scene. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the improv scenes where he's like, "I don't know. Will they? Won't they? Act however you want." <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I think it's something that was maybe taken from uh, the Silmarillion, but. I, I don't I don't know because I never read that. Um, but I think it's like assumed something like this could have been happening uh-huh. knowing knowing the timeline, but it's not in the actual book, The Hobbit. Mm. Here's a fun fact. I didn't realize Sauron and Samaron were two different things. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> wait, Sauron, wait, you still don't know the difference. <laughs> Sauron you got is, through three <laughs> Oh, don't expect us to retain this. Sauron is the like Fire pussy, and then Samaron <laughs> yes. is the person. Sauron, yeah, is the wizard, is the white okay. wizard. Sauron is the ultimate bad guy, is the alt, and he's the eye that you keep seeing in Lord of the Rings. Okay. Oh. But there, I, I, yes, I think it's, I feel like this it's point confusing. has been made, but their names one are One should be confusing. like Carl, and the other one should be <laughs> Gary. You know, like, so it's different. Basically, this is like Saruman and Swamaran are like the Ben and Ben of Star Wars. It's like, yes. you can't use Ben multiple times when the name yes. could be anything. Mm, good point. I never even thought about that. <laughs> wow. Well, we've been watching and retaining. So ben, we're ben. here to teach. Two Bens, you're right. Um, but Saruman the White, uh, yeah. let's see, the White Council, which is so funny that it's called the White Council. And it's like, yeah, duh. Yeah, we Everybody know. Here's yeah, all we, are, we already know it's the freaking White Council. <laughs> and they uh, present a Morgul blade, a weapon of the Witch King of Agmar, which Radagast obtained from Dol Girl <laughs> as a sign that the necromancer is linked to an eventual return to Sauron. While Saruman oh, presses concerns Ooh. to the even more present matter of the dwarves' quest, requesting that Gandhi put an end to it. Gandhi secretly reveals that Gladrigil, Glad, Gladr, Gladrigil, yep. that Gladriel. He, <laughs> say it? Gladriel. Gladriel, that he had anticipated this, and had the dwarves move on without him. Gotta say, the hardest paragraph of my life was right uh, honestly, there. Honestly, it's hard to follow. <laughs> I was gonna say, for anyone out there listening who just isn't watching but is learning from us explaining it, they're like, still don't know. Still have no clue. <laughs> and to be honest, it was that confusing inside the movie itself. Right? The movie 
was confusing. That whole part I found really confusing when they were having that meeting with the wizards and I didn't really. It's it's again, it's like they're doing it. It's like fan service, right? Like they're doing it for the for the people. Essentially, they're doing it for people who watch the Lord of the Rings movies, Mm -hmm. but but never read the books, never read The Hobbit, and then are going to watch The Hobbit Ah. as if it's some sort of prequel, Mm -hmm. you know, which I guess technically it is. And so they're trying to connect those storylines. So you're like, oh, like, look, it was happening then, you know, because because this story takes place. I forgot how many years, like 60 years or something before. Yeah. So. It, it, but the thing is, it has nothing to do with the actual plot of the of the movie mm-hmm. or of the Hobbit series. So it's this weird side piece that if you don't really understand it, it like it's hard for people who do understand it because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the story. Like all of yeah. the things that they talk about, you know, it does. They do follow up with it. You'll see more in 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 the other sequels. Like they keep this weird kind of tangent going, but it's. Ultimately, not like it's all it's all made up for these movies, so it it doesn't have as much substance. Are the dwarves power players in the next two movies as well? I mean, th- that's your company. You follow those oh, dwarves with. I um, don't love them. I like. They're them. not quite charismatic. I think they're all disgusting, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i I think it's tough because it's like they're it's like a fun company, but you don't really. Other than maybe, you know, like Oakenshield, you don't really know who mm-hmm. they are. Like, you know who the leader is, but then the other ones, like, they don't really distinguish them enough. And so it, even even when as you keep going on, it's hard to be like, oh, that it's not it, it's like the seven doors. You know, mm-hmm. you need kind of names like Sleepy and Dopey. Like you need yeah. those things to know who what the personalities of these doors are supposed to be. That would be nice. I felt like at the point where they were all maybe going to die when that tree was falling, I was like, mm-hmm. let's let a few of them go. Like, I was like, mm. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just for some drama. Let's let a few of them go. Let's let a few of them go. Yeah. I was missing, I know I made fun of the Sam Frodo bromance, but I was really missing, like, love. Yeah, these movies do not have that heart. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have love, but I I love Martin Freeman. I think he's a like charming actor. He's Charles so good. Very charming and very so wonderful. He, he carries the weight of, like, Elijah and the other guy. Yes. Yeah. He just doesn't have... And uh, it's kind of a problem with the source material because it's... The point of this of the book, you know, is, like, it's just this this guy who lived a really humble life and never left his hometown. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden a wizard shows up on his door and is like, do you want to go on an adventure? And he's like, no. And then, <laughs> and then the wizard convinces him to, and then there's like, there's a part of him. They don't really explain this in the movies, but he has uh, his mother's blood. So he's both a Baggins. That's his father's side of the family. And he's also a Took that his mother's maiden name is Took. And so, so his Took, his Tukish blood is more prone to adventure. And oh. so like, it's about his, like this adventurous side of him that he always got, that he always had from his mother gets like, you know, ignited because he has a chance to go on adventure, uh, an adventure. Huh. I feel like that would be a really important thing to include. Like, I think yes. that would be interesting. And I actually think the beginning would have been cooler if it was really clear, like, because I feel like I didn't really hold on to that part of it where like he's like, I don't want to go and I'm just a humble guy mm-hmm. or whatever. I feel like that would have been a more 
interesting story because I feel like near the end he was like, I should have never left. Like I'm, I'm not meant to like be doing stuff like this. I thought that was more relatable. Like it was like the heart that you were kind of, you know what I mean? Like I would have liked to have been thinking that the whole time about him, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. They like, I think they technically included it in like one line, but they didn't really play it up. And it's tough because the scene when he decides to go, it, it's, there's no real reason for it. He's just yeah, like, it felt like he just woke up and was like, I should be going. He's yeah. He like woke up and they're all gone. And he like, I guess because they were gone, he was like, wait a minute. I actually do want to go now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, you like, you'll <laughs> buy it for the sake of the movie, but <laughs> it, it's such a weak. It, it, it's so to watch Lord of the Rings where, where they're like, we have to destroy this way, ring mm-hmm. to save the, the, the middle earth. Like you have to save this whole universe. And then this movie, it's just like a guy who's like, <laughs> I want an adventure. <laughs> the stakes are like a thousand times low. low. And they had to like kind of create these stakes of, I think with this movie, the the idea was supposed to be like, at the end, he's like, well, I realize that you guys, that I have a home, but you guys don't have a home and I mm-hmm. want you to find a home. But which didn't is you think a nice- he was bullshitting? Yeah. Like, I feel like he was going like, um, yeah, because he was like pretending he didn't have the ring and he was like, oh, because yeah. like I thought like I'm here because like and I care about you. And then <laughs> Gandalf was like, yeah. And they were like winking and he was like, okay. And like the other guy was like, that's one of the scenes they improvised and they were like, I don't know. Let's just Honestly, keep that in. It might have been because <laughs> it was really, it was that really. That line isn't in the book. You know? Yeah. He was like, I realized I had a home. Uh, <laughs> And he's literally holding onto the ring in his pocket and Gandalf's like, I know what's happening here, which is, there. there's a lot in those looks. Gandalf's giving these looks mm-hmm. that are like very like, a hmm. looks. There's Gandalf- a lot of looks in this movie in general. There's a lot of people staring yes. and looking and not saying anything. Do you feel like Peter Jackson was like, let's just do some like filler looks and I can kind of like put these in wherever, like be like, hmm, I know something. Like, just give me a little... And then now he left scared. all of them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know, what? when we need it, I'll sprinkle it in. And then he was like, I like all 13 of these. Let's have a- <laughs> I feel like at the end of the movie, they, they were like, all right, let's get a shot of every single person looking at for, looking at Bilbo and then looking at yes. Gandalf and looking at each other. Well, that's like all the movies. The movies really love unnecessary shots. They do. Like, I was so upset in the last one that we watched that there was a hundred different endings. But then uh, we found yeah. out in the book, yeah. there's a bunch of different endings. Yeah, there's even more. Yeah. Wait, there's more in the book? It, yeah, in the in the Return of the King you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like, know. Like, yeah, there was there's more. another end. It like there's a whole thing where Bilbo goes back to the Shire and it's like overrun by orcs, and so they have to like save the Shire. Oh, um, that's, that's creepy. Y- yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's wild. Yeah, that's it's ins- too long. Yeah, that is too long. What's funny is that there's enough material. There's a lot of material left out of Lord of the Rings because they had to. It had to be concise to like fit it into a reasonably watchable movie. Why not turn them into six different movies? (laughs) Well, they didn't (laughs) know that they could do that until. But I think by the time I, I feel like the first movie to really do that was. Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter movie. Yeah, where they split that up into two And they split it up into two because it was like, it was so dense and they were like, Mm -hmm. we feel like the fans would want this. And then when it did Gangbusters, both part one and two both made like, you know, a gazillion dollars. Mm -hmm. Then Hollywood was like, 
wait a minute. <laughs> you mean yeah. we could take one story and split it up mm-hmm. and make it like it's a franchise and then people will come and watch it? And once they did that, it, all hope was lost. So Truly. <laughs> I think they did that. Did they do that with the last Hunger Games book? Yep, they did it like, last Hunger Games. Which is so Games. wild because the, the Hunger Games books are literally this thin. Exactly. They're so... There's like not much material in the Hunger Games Really? Book. Yeah, they're very... They're like a real quick read. Suzanne Collins said, I'll get you in and I'll get you out. It's it's exa- <laughs> it's exactly this movie. The Hobbit is just as short <laughs> and quick of a read. <laughs> also, the name Suzanne Collins doesn't ring any bells. Like she has not been given enough credit with those movies. No, she hasn't. I've never heard it in my life, and yet I know everything about. Th- I've seen the Hunger Games. That's fair. Yeah, that's you know, true. let's put by Suzanne Collins at the top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should. I, you know, I have my what? issues with the Hunger Games because. Katniss Everdeen is described as having like darker skin and like darker hair. And I was like, I don't think she'd be white because like, no offense to white people. I feel like if we were doing the Hunger Games, they would be the ones in charge. So like, (laughs) I feel like the people who'd be fighting would just be like different people of color. So I feel like Katniss is supposed to be Brazilian. That's what I feel in my heart. That's my hot take. I'd buy it. Thank you. I'm with you. I'm with um, you all the way. I, I should probably keep going with this plot because we haven't gotten Oh, yeah, sure. it's long. Okay. The company journeys into the Misty Mountains where they find themselves amid a colossal battle between stone giants. I liked this part. Did you like the stone giants? I didn't mind them. They were interesting it's and fun. scary. Um, so they take refuge in a cave and are captured by goblins who take them to their leader, the Great Goblin. Bilbo becomes separated from the dwarves and falls into a crevice where he encounters Gollum, who, ugh, I was pissed who unknowingly drops a golden ring. Pocketing the ring, Bilbo finds himself confronted by Gollum, and they play a riddle game, betting that Bilbo will be shown the way out if he eat, if he wins, or eaten by Gollum if he loses. Bilbo eventually wins by asking Gollum what he has in his pocket. Noticing his ring is lost, Gollum realizes that Bilbo possesses it and chases him. Bilbo discovers that the ring grants him invisibility, but when he has a chance to kill Gollum, Bilbo spares his life out of pity, which is the biggest mistake, and (laughs) escapes while Gollum shouts his hatred towards the Hobbit Baggins. Lauren hates Gollum. I don't love Gollum, but I appreciate a Gollum. I think I'm a creature of habit. I like the things I recognize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I recognize Gollum, so I enjoyed it because I heard about how he got the ring from Gollum, so it was nice to see but that yeah. being said, Gollum is real ugly. Just disgusting. Yeah. And he had a chance to kill him. He's like a, you know, a cave creature. Like he would be in a horror film. He would be the monster that's like killing everybody. Because <laughs> that's what he, right. it, like he actually, like in essence is he's eating, he, he's surviving off of like the spare fish and then goblins that fall down. And he, he eats, eats them. Goblins? He was gonna eat. Well, he, he remember was that guy? Bilbo. He was like, he oh. was like beating that guy to death, and he, yeah. the guy would wake up and be like, Arr! and he was like, shut the fuck up, and he like knocked him out again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and so, and he also, and the reason he talks to himself, it's like the, it's like also the ring, like they talk about that, but it's also just the fact that he's lived this life of solitude mm-hmm. where he's, you know, he has no one else to talk to, so he's like gone crazy and yeah talks to himself he's true and he's so clumsy with the ring he just dropped it and it's his precious it's like you got he needs a string or something yeah he should have put it on a string he should use one of his stringy hairs yeah (laughs) yes pull out one of your nasty eight little stringy hairs and make yourself a little string necklace (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, they're, they're, the thinking behind this is not in the movie whatsoever, but the thinking behind it is that he can't like it. The, the ring has corrupted him and like kind of turned him into this creature and he can't hold on to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he has to like, like put it at different places to like kind of get some separation from it. Uh, uh and that, and, and I, so he misplaces it and loses it. Um, uh, but it's also just like in the, you know, in this, in this story, it's just this fantastical story where there's a creature that's called Gollum <laughs> who like likes giving riddles, you know, all, if you, I mean, if you think about it, all of everything in these stories is like taken from some other mm-hmm. kind of folklore. Yeah. It's not, nothing, nothing too new or I feel like hobbits are the most original thing to come out of Lord of the Rings. Like. I th- you know. yeah I agree with that. I just wish that the the stories were just a little bit more streamlined, so it was Fair. easier to understand. Because I felt like I'd be watching scenes, and then the scene would end, and I'd be like, "Hmm, I know if I ask what happens, John will get mad at me <laughs> and be like, I saw you watching. Why don't you understand what happened?'" <laughs> that is me. I mean, or, or I look away for one second. He's like, you have to watch if yes. you're going to talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's just, it's a, it's hard to like keep up with when you're like, I'm literally just watching a bunch of people wearing fur walk through mountains. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's a lot to like take in. Are you guys going to watch the animated Hobbit yes, movie? I think so, so. That movie, just to give you perspective, that movie is one movie. It includes the plots from the first, second, and third movies that you're watching now. And it is one hour and like 12 minutes long. Oh, wow. we're going to like it. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to love that. that. Is, this story can be told in a very <laughs> concise yeah, way yeah, yeah. and not skip a beat like you wouldn't. It's the <laughs> same exact storyline. Oh, but this movie is like, you know, a Martin Scorsese film where they're like, let's just stretch everything out to the the maximum it possible. It really extent. is stretched. Okay, so <laughs> meanwhile, the great goblin reveals to the dwarves of as as Yazan and orc <laughs> war chief who killed Thoro and lost his forearm to Thorin in the battle outside the dwarven kingdom of Moria, which uh, has placed a bounty on Thoro Thorin's head. Gandalf arrives and leads the dwarves in an escape, killing the great goblin. Bilbo exits the mountain and rejoins the company, keeping his newly obtained ring secret. The company is ambushed by Asgon, Asgon, Asgon from 90 Day. Yeah, Yazon from 90 Day Fiance (laughs) and his hunting party and takes refuge in the trees. Thorin charges at Yazon, who overpowers and severely injures him with his warg. Bill Blow saves Thorin from the arcs and challenges Azog, uh, just as the company is rescued by eagles implied to be sent by Gladadril. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get why the eagles came either. Well, I know that Gandalf spoke to the butterfly and like sent it off, and I thought the butterfly got them. Oh. But I guess. Yeah, actually, that's what I thought too. But I guess it was the, uh, I guess it was Galadriel in, in this movie. In the book, it's just the the eagles see. Mm-hmm. They see the fires. They come. They actually can talk. Oh, and, that'd be and helpful. And they come and they save them. And the reason that they save them is because Gandalf like helped them once. Yeah. Oh. Well, they like, escape to safety of the Karak, where Gandalf revives Thorin, 
who renounces his previous disdain for Biblo after saving him. <laughs> I've been I yeah. was calling him Diplo earlier. With, with, <laughs> Diplo like, is really is, good. He, Bilbo. Bilbo. But I don't know why it's so hard for me to remember. Bilbo saved Thorin. And so then Thorne was like, I like you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very dramatic where he was like, you, I told you that you would be a hindrance and a burden. Mm-hmm. And he was like, damn. I couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, he had me fooled because I truly was like, this insufferable <laughs> idiot, if anything, Diplo's doing a great job and helped them. So yeah. like, I don't know why you're doing all this. And then he like turned and I was like, oh, I guess I was invested. I don't know. I well, maybe I it, did it like happens. the movie. It just happens. Like when Bilbo almost died off the side of that mountain, then that guy was like, "He shouldn't even be here." I was like, "Yeah, he almost died." Yeah. It's like be yeah. nice. Thorin's Thorin's not a nice guy. Like he's kind of a both in the movies and in the books. I mean, like I think the movie makes him a little bit more or tries to make him a little bit more likable because he's like supposed to be a noble king or like mm-hmm. a valiant, you know, warrior or something, but. He is also like, you know, he's very rude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And the last minute is they see the lonely mountain in the distance where a sleeping smog is awoken by a thrush knocking a snail yeah. against a stone. And then he, all that gold drips off him. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that part. I like that part because I was like, ooh, more fun is to be had in the <laughs> next yeah. movie. They, they had to do some sort of cliffhanger. <laughs> and I, I think was like, maybe shiny. my problem with this movie is there was no eye candy. There was no yeah. Orlando Bloom. There mm. was no Vigo Mortensen. That's true. Uh, you know, we the only got a little bit really of L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I think I wanted more sexy. And that's not to say that Bill Fur and Bofur and Ori and well, Nori <laughs> and Phil and Killy and Ballin and yeah. Blind. They're not, you know, terrible looking. Kiri and Feely are supposed to be. They're like very, they're like young. They're supposed to be like the young spry ones. <laughs> oh. Uh, That's the, funny. I don't know if, I don't <laughs> know how to describe. I'm trying, like, I, I don't even know how to differentiate them so that you can know who I'm talking about. Right. It's like they, they don't give them enough. No. Yeah. yeah, they don't have enough to do. There's too many. I agree. They should, some should have died. Yeah. So we could have gotten to know some of them. Yeah. Wait, who's Linder? Oh, oh, he, oh, I know what. Okay, so he's from Flight of the Concords, Brett yes, McKenzie. But who was he and in the he, movie? Okay, so there's the part where this was actually oh, funny because he's an elf. He walks down the stairs when they're up when they first get to that special place, like they cross over that bridge and they're suddenly in the elf world. Mm-hmm. And right. he walks down the stairs, and then Mike was like, "They gave Brett McKenzie a bigger role because he's famous." By the time they did this part, and then I was like, "Oh, let me rewind." I didn't see him, and he was like, "No, you just like were looking at him, and that was him." <laughs> and then you said, "Let me rewind and find him," because uh, <laughs> I didn't think he looked like that. So um, he's the one because he sh- has no beard; he looks totally different. But he has yeah. this elf long hair, and he has like you know ten lines at a point in where they first get to the little elf world. Yeah, he's he's just like one of the oh, wood okay. elves who like meets them. He yeah, it's not really an important character. I have another question. So you mentioned the Tooks. So Belladonna Took is his mom? Mm-hmm. So there's talking about her blood, like her bloodline. Like her oh, okay. her bloodline. They 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 talk about it later on. They're like, oh the I forgot what the name is, but like one of his like one of Bilbo's from his mom's side, great, 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 
great grandfather was so big he could ride a horse. And oh, yes. once he like knocked off like this goblin's head and it went into a hole. And that's how the game golf like was. Oh, born. my God. <laughs> like that's the that's the level of childness. <laughs> that's like, that this is, like that's what it's supposed to be. That's why this that's movie really is a little s- schizo because it's very much like. It's 100% based off this children's book, so it's so silly. You have all these dwarves whose names rhyme, like they all of them rhyme. It's like Feely and Keely and Owen and Glowen and Nori and Dory and Nori. And then you have like, they're 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 just like, they, you know. I can't and then, believe like, you rattled all those off. I know, it was like you knew them, like they were your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but you just have all the, and they're, it's like they're singing songs and it's like, there's like trolls and like all of the things are very like it's all like mishaps and like mm-hmm. it's a fun little thing. But then the movie, because it's linked to this Lord of the Rings trilogy that is very much like much more mature. It's like, well, we got to add violence and fighting. And so it's mm-hmm. like it's like kind of it's too dark for a kid's movie. You know, yeah. like it's, it's weird. I know because I was thinking I was thinking it was so silly and fun that I was picturing showing my nephews. But I was like, they might be scared of this. Mm-hmm. Like, there seems yeah. like there's too much that. Wait, how old are they? Seven and four. I think that. Yeah, I think they would be scared. Yeah, yeah. and it is weird because it does teeter between being super silly and then like, oh, we cut this man's off head off and it's yeah. we're gonna roll it to him and he's not gonna be happy about it. How about that big character that had like balls for a neck? That was wild. Oh, the goblin, the goblin king. Yeah. Yes, the goblin king was the wildest looking creature I've ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I did not like him. (laughs) That whole sequence is, it's again, it's like crazy because it's it's gross. He like slits Mm -hmm. his throat. That was sick. (laughs) Yeah, and then like pretty fucking vulgar. But after he does it, the the goblin king goes, "That'll do it." Like, well, that's the point. I was like, "This is goof troop." Like. He was like, peace out. And he just like fell it's off a bridge. True. Like, that'll do it. That'll do it. It's like, that's the skit. Like, it's like, what are you, what well, is then this that's movie? Why it's like, like, it's <laughs> not scary because it's so like silly and dorky mm-hmm. in those moments. Then I was kind of like, hee hee, like, that's fine. Like, I'm not like, but like, because the other movies were kind of trying to be more serious. Yes. And then it makes the part like when they're spinning the wizard on the floor, like it makes it funnier because oh, you're like, okay, it's not that serious. Like, so there's got to be a middle ground somewhere in here, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we found it. Yeah. Um, do yeah. you want to do some trivia, Nicole? Yeah. Okay. So in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the scale illusion was accomplished by placing Hobbit or dwarf actors and actresses further away from the camera than Sir Ian McKellen, but still live on the same set. So yeah, we talked about that. This time, however, the illusion had to be accomplished by having the other actors and actresses on a completely different That's set. so crazy. While McKellen performed his part all alone on a green screen set with only an earpiece connecting him to the performance oh. being provided by the rest of the cast. He hated McKellen that. ended up feeling lonely and frustrated. To cheer him up, the cast and crew snuck into the tent in which he stayed Aww. during breaks and decorated it with mementos from the Lord of the Rings films, Aww. mainly old props and tapestries from Rivendell and Lothorian, as well as fresh fruit and flowers. This I is can't take so that. Sad. That is so sad. He had Poor to be. A, why did he? Why couldn't he hang out with them? Yeah. In between. Well, I guess in between they were shooting, so oh. then there'd be they like during their shooting they'd be setting up for his shots. So oh, then, yeah. That or they were shooting it simultaneously. I don't know. That's that That's sucks. So sad. I would be so upset to be alone. Why did they do this? That's so depressing. 
to to try to make it look more realistic, but it doesn't look any more. No, they. I mean, to me, it doesn't look any more or less realistic. Yeah, I felt like it was even more confusing in this one than other ones. I feel like the scale was almost more dramatic. Yes, than I had seen, and then that seems like a flaw. Like it felt like there was a point where like you're like they're that small. Like I mean, I was like all over the place. Uh, While filming the Battle of uh, Abu Dhabra, (laughs) Richel (laughs) Armitage Thorin smacked himself in the face so hard with his shield that he managed to bite completely through his lower lip. The injury can be seen in the finished movie when Azog holds up Thoro's severed head and Thorin screams. The left side of his lip is swollen and there's a pool of blood between his gums and his lip. Ew. Oh, boy. Yikes. Um... Daniel Radcliffe, Shia LaBeouf, James McAvoy, Aaron Arkin, and Tobey Maguire were considered for the role of Bilbo Baggins. However, Peter Jackson has said that his first choice was always Martin Freeman. Freeman was initially unable to accept the role due to scheduling conflicts with Sherlock in 2010, but Jackson reworked the entire shooting schedule for the trilogy to accommodate him. Well, that's Imagine. Nice. I would Can love to be at that point in my career That'd be where amazing. someone's like, oh, we'll adjust things for you. Instead, they yeah. go... Cool. You don't get to go to Marisha, and we're yeah. gonna shoot this movie without you. Uh, the method of creating the Hobbit was the Hobbit feet was changed for this movie. Could you tell? This is something that just happened. It seems pretty specific. <laughs> Very specific. I was so excited to go to this island, and they said Aww. we can't work with this. I so want to hear more about that later. The, I'll tell you. The method of creating Hobbit feet was changed for this movie. The Hobbit feet—they look bigger. Uh, for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the prosthetic feet only fit over the actors and actresses' feet, uh, requiring them to be reapplied after periods of walking in them. For this movie, oh, the prosthetic went all the way up to their knees. <gasps> Why? Oh, that seems Ugh. bad too. It feels like they could make a shoe that right you could just put on, like a with a sort of I don't know. But I guess their ankles are out, so like it would have to be a boot that would go past their shorts, right? Ugh. Yeah, mm. that seems annoying to have to get your feet pros- like with prosthetic makeup for yeah. hours and hours. I guess it's better than your head, but... Um, mm-hmm. The first movie in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth franchise without Oscar wins. This is that Ooh, one. Okay. It was nominated in three categories, but failed to win in any of them. Wow, that probably Fair. hurt that <laughs> ego. The movie uh, went through several stages of pre-production hell, including separate legal disputes between New Line Cinema, Cinema Peter Jackson, and the Tolkien family members which complicated production. When MGM finally moved in, moved the project forward in 2008, more complications ensued when MGM entered brink- bankruptcy and froze production, causing director Guillermo del Damn. Toro to step down after three years of pre-production. Ugh. Oh my God. Later, it was almost cast out of New Zealand when several unions and guilds blacklisted the project and shooting delayed. Uh, shooting was delayed again when Peter Jackson was recovering from surgery for a perforated ulcer. Oh, my Dang. God. Yikes. Um, and then the last bit of trivia was that this was released the same year as the novel's 75th anniversary. Oh, wow. So, so maybe oh. it was delayed for a reason. Yeah. It was fate. Yeah. What, what do you guys feel like the themes of this movie are? Oh, my whoa, God. Like, what are we back in school? I guess the <laughs> themes are, whoa. Uh, um, I feel like friendship. Um, <laughs> friendship. Um, maybe taking a journey that you didn't think you needed to go on to become the person you needed to be risking Mm. yourself for others. Yeah. I like that. I think that's true. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, lying to pretend like you're better than you are by being like, mm-hmm. I was trying to help you all along. Um, <laughs> when really you were just there because you felt like you were left out. I don't know if you guys talked about it before, but like, you know, there's a lot of talk about how um, Tolkien wrote this book and I guess to an extent, The Lord of the Rings based off his experiences from like mm-hmm. fighting as a soldier in World War One. Yes. And so that's like, essentially he's kind of uh, Bilbo is like an avatar for him where it's like he had this very nice life where he didn't have to think about like he had food he had a shelter Mm -hmm. he was like I'm I live in the Shire everything is nice and then had to go to war and literally like encounters all of these things that he'd never seen before all of this violence and destruction and all that and he's like fighting for something good you know and it kind of changes him for the better, who knows, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah. That's hmm. interesting. I mean, here's the thing. I'm truly gaslit every episode of this show because <laughs> now I am, I'm like curious about the second movie. I'm like, yeah. well, what's going to happen with all these people? Will we get some smoke shows who are fun to look at or will it be the same old dwarves? Who knows? <laughs> I don't. I don't either. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Does Smeagol slash Gollum come back? I think um, so, right? No, I no? I don't. I don't believe he comes for comes back in these movies. He's not. He we we've passed his part. I oh. I don't. I actually don't remember. But I but he he's not in the book anymore. I'm pretty mm. sure he's not. I in mean the, that makes sense because he's like obsessed with the ring, and I guess you'd have to turn the storyline to like. Gollum I'm trying to get the ring back. Yeah, it's right. not. It's not about that. You will. You're. You're going to get men. There. There are lots of men. Okay. There are. There are men, or at least at least a man coming, <laughs> and, Ooh, and and elves. One. <laughs> oh, an elf. We're getting a cute elf. You're getting more. You're getting more elves. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, think I like elf the elves. Women are hot, and elf men are not. That's my take. Mm. Mm, that's a hot take. I like all elves equally. <laughs> also, this film earned $303 million in the United States and Canada. It grossed worldwide at $1 billion. And it's the 15th film in history to earn, earn over a billion dollars. That's literally wow. insane. That's so wild. A billion dollars? A billion dollars for one third of a story. Yeah, yeah that's, that's nuts. That's crazy. God, these people are rich. <laughs> The film holds a 64% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an average score of 6.54 out of 10. And I think that's way lower than any of the Lord of it the Rings is. movies. They all had like People 10 out of 10. did not like this. Christopher Arof from The Atlantic said, it frequently seems as though Jackson was less interested in making The Hobbit than in remaking his own famous, uh, fabulously successful Lord of the Rings series. That's pretty rough. Oh. I don't think he was trying to remake Lord of the Rings. It was so much... Actually, maybe I do because it was. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I, I think it's more like he's trying to make it as epic as those yes. movies, and and try to lean. O- he didn't lean away fully, but in some ways, he leaned away from like the childishness of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like the 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 eagles don't talk in this. You know, the right. I think like the troll. Uh, the re- the way that the troll finds Bilbo is not by just reaching back, but in the book, it's like the purse talks like mm-hmm. the, he goes to like Bilbo's trying to steal something. And the purse is like, Hey, who are you? You know, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> it's like very silly and shy. Like I remember that from childish. my play. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. Um, the main <laughs> criticism of an unexpected journey was the decision to split the story into three films, as well as the intricate treatment of a simple children's book story. So people were just like, make it simpler, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. 
Um, and the film was nominated for three Academy Awards. As we said, it was best visual effects, best production design, and best makeup and hairstyling. And they won an Academy Scientific and Technical Award, the Scientific and Engineering Award for Inventing a Technique, which has made huge advances in bringing, the, bringing to life computer-generated characters such as Gollum to film and screen. Oh, yeah, because he was, like, the first. I mean, it was yeah. him and Jar Jar that him were, and like, Jar the Jar first. Him and Jar Jar, two of the first CGI'd yeah. characters. Well, I mean, well, I think we learned far more than we ever expected. Honestly, yes. John, <laughs> An unexpected journey. We went on an unexpected journey. Very nice. I'm genuinely excited to watch the next one. This, yeah. happens, this happens every episode. I come yeah. in being like, I'm hot. I hated it. Oh, okay. Well, we're talking about it. It actually wasn't so yeah. bad. I did love that Looney Tune who had birds under his hat. Uh, I loved when he brought that little thing back to life. So there, there's things I liked. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of heart. Like it, I, I remember watching this movie and when I was in the theaters, watch, and I actually watched this with my family too. Oddly enough, my sister, I feel like my sister got proposed to. <laughs> Literally after we saw this movie, like we oh ran really? out of God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, because that the whole family was together because we were including <laughs> my brother-in-law, because we were watching this movie uh like around Christmas time. And what I remember thinking watching it in the theaters was like, I know this is too long and this is like not exactly right, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm happy to be back in Middle Earth. That was okay, kind of like yeah. the it was like I'm happy, you know, and there. So watching it right after Lord of the Rings is pretty tough because, you know, these movies came out like, I don't know how many years, like eight or, you know, eight or nine years later. And Mm -hmm. so there was a good distance between them. And so when they came out, it was like, oh, nice. Like I'm returning to this place that I knew, you know, but they're long. Oh, right. Because with with the first ones, they shot them one after the other. So like, yeah. Ian McKellen's age difference really wouldn't be noticeable, even though they were Mm -hmm. those three movies came out one year apart from each other. Right. So it's like he was aging much more than the films, Mm -hmm. the process of making the film. Um, That's interesting. I'm interested to know how you guys like this because I don't, for me, the second movie is, I think it's higher rating around Tomatoes, but I don't like it. Like the second movie is like, to me, very little happens. Like, very little happens in this movie, but Uh-oh. in that movie, oh, no. very little happens. Feels like What's the runtime on that one? It's And I, it's still like a three-hour movie. It's gotta be. <laughs> and it's like, what were we doing, guys? Like, the you're dragon really looks stretching so cool. this. Yeah, you will see the dragon. Like, that's that might be enough for me. The dragon does look cool. Wait, so yeah. it's called The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog? The desolation of smog. What a funny. Why do some people say it's smog and some people smog. say oh, smog? But in the movie, it's like some people said smog and some people said smog. I guess they, it's smog. They couldn't keep track of wh- who was saying what. He's like, oh, actually, this isn't whatever. that bad of a runtime. 161 minutes. At least <laughs> in the hundreds. That's actually good. Right? So like an yeah. hour and a half is 90. Uh oh. No, no, it's, yeah. all, it's never. That's two forty. Two forty. Never mind. Oh, never mind. We both <laughs> can't do that. I thought it was, I was like, like maybe two two hours. I I was like, wow, you you're really like you've watched too many long movies. You're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's, it's twenty minutes bad. under three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so wild that all of these movies are three hours long. It's it's kind of it's wrong. It <laughs> like, is wrong. morally wrong. 
It oh, is. Boy. And there, I think I'm almost positive there is extended versions of these movies, which are, I don't even know how that's the possible. The third one doesn't seem to have a theatrical <laughs> extended one. The second one does. Okay. I feel like if you have, if they're extended, minutes. it just is oh like bloopers God. that they kept in. They're like, honestly, I would love it just to be bloopers. Peter Jackson walking in frame and everyone's like, Peter. <laughs> Do you think there are bloopers somewhere? I would like to watch that. I, I would like also would like to funny. watch that. Yeah. If anyone knows about bloopers on any of the Lord of the Rings movies, we would like to watch them. Yes. That seems fun. They're three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, oh, just the podcast, I guess. If you listen, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast on iTunes or wherever wherever you get podcasts. And Astronomy Club. Yeah. yeah you watch if you that. haven't watched Astronomy on Club on Netflix. Yeah, it's that's very right. It's so funny. funny. Yeah. They have a great sketch where uh, people are eating a gingerbread house. And <laughs> that's as much as I'll give you. You got to watch it. It's funny. <laughs> Oh, there's yeah. also a great Cat Williams sketch. It's a funny show. Yes. Watch it. Oh, thank you. Um, Nicole, okay. do you have anything you want to plug? Yes, I want to plug wear a fucking mask because we could have had a summer. I would like to have a fall. <laughs> Please wear Seriously. a mask. Lauren, is yeah. there anything you want to promote? I want to promote don't wear a mask. I love this the way it is now. Um, yeah, wear a fucking mask and follow our Patreons and help us get through yes. this. <laughs> help us get paid yeah. since we can't fucking leave our houses. I have a Patreon, yeah. a 90 Day Fiance one. Lauren has a Patreon where she's doing a, a whole lot of cool stuff. Just go find it, everyone, please. <laughs> and please tweet at us, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. Sh- I have seen, I actually have found some of these posts interesting that people are tweeting stuff at us. And I'm like, actually interested. I feel like with Star Wars, there's too much. There and was so, so it starts much. to be like, who cares? But it's I yeah. I think the thing I like about the Lord of the Rings fans is there's no, it's like um unbiased news. They're just telling yes. me facts. It doesn't have a yes. spin on it where they're like, this is why this is better than this, blah, 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 blah. This movie sucks. It's just like, I like all of it. It's all pretty nice. The Hobbit, not so much for me, but here's some information about The Hobbit. Absolutely. Yes. It's it's a kind fan base. Yeah. Yes. It's, I, and I think it's because, I mean, that because it's the books, you know, by all of the movies are going to be, you know, not lesser, but like, it's not the books, right? Like when you're, when you're reading a book, you kind of envision what it is in your head and then the movie translates mm-hmm. that and you're like, oh, I like some of that and I didn't like that or whatever. You're not that precious about it, but you're, they get into like this imagined created world. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that, like, I know there are like Lord of the Rings fans who are like, who know Elvish and like can speak in <laughs> Elven tongue. You Mary know, Holland, like that's, Mary <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's a whole world. Everyone loved Mary, by the way. I, it I, made me the so The comments happy. on Mary's episode, they were like, obsessed and her elvish really shot well i was just like she she made it sound so romantic in a way where i was like oh i'm foolish for not seeing the romance i almost watched the movie again and then i woke up and i said you silly bitch you'll never that would be literally (laughs) insane if you watched it again i i would i don't know what would happen it's not okay um uh, okay, we have our Battle of the Five Stars segment where we read reviews. And oh, um, if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, you'll get a chance to have it read on air. So this one comes from Purple Frog 25. The, it's called The New Queens of Gondor. 
I am a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, and this podcast was the most entertaining and delightful thing in the world. It means so much to me to welcome new people to the fandom, to criticize the many annoying and weird parts, and to obsess over these characters with someone else. Thank you for coming to Middle Earth. I hope you like it. P.S. The trilogy is better than The Hobbit. Sorry, not sorry. Thank you, Purple Frog this 25. Is adorable. That was... See, yeah, these people are so nice. <laughs> that was so nice. Um, I think our Star Wars five-star reviews were like, uh, C-3PO wants to bend you over or something. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, our Star Wars, the Star Wars, they were a little wilder than these people are just like kind and they're like, thank you. Like, thanking us for coming to Middle Earth is so adorable. It's really Yeah, welcome to Middle Earth. I hope you like it. That's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, Star Wars is like, if you don't like this, you are you're the worst person ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Till next time, we're going to be talking about The Hobbit 2. Return to the Hobbit land. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, John, for being here. Thank Thank you, John. Um, That was very fun. Bye, everybody. That was a HeadGum Original.